Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskaden coming to you live from North Carolina, where we safely made it through an event here last night, and I'll get into that here in a second. But we want to look at our journey through Scripture of looking at covenants, and today focus on the heroes of the faith in looking at Hebrews 11 and asking the question to ourselves and to the body of Christ and to uh, those in the earth today is will we carry on um, the journey of faith that those have before us have left to us in order to perfect uh, the journey that God allowed them to go through and the journey that they went through. And so we, I want to go through Hebrews 11 just a little bit and focus on the beginning and end, um, but really look at the, the ending of it to really see how, as you go through Hebrews 11, we see the journey of these heroes. You know, we have all these big movies, uh, superhero movies and all this stuff coming out and, you know, supernatural abilities and whatnot uh, that people have. And, and really just there's a need that people want uh, right now for some reason for you know this hero complex or or this savior this hero obviously we understand that to be uh, Jesus Christ but in reality is we have to look at the journey that the Lord has for us here on this earth and so we see here in Hebrews 11, the beginning. Now faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for it by men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which were visible. And then it goes on to talk about, and he lists here, Paul lists here, the heroes of the faith, starting with Abel, Enoch. He goes on to Abraham. Um, he even goes on uh, to talk about, at, in, at the end, he's like, look, I could go on and talk about David, talk about all the prophets, talk about everyone who had faith and simply was just obedient to what the Lord had called them to do, and they did it. But at the end, there's a caveat, and this is where we are interjected into this, and I think it's a, a positive, faithful moment, and, it, and it's a point for us to look at. Of here we see in verse 39 and 40, and said, And all of these things, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Abraham, obviously, he didn't see the fullness of the promised land, but was didn't see the fullness of his inheritance through his lineage. But then in verse 40, Because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. And again, the question we want to ask ourselves is, will we carry on? Will we 
do as Scripture says there. Make perfect what the Lord has interjected us into. And what I mean by that is is we we see that there... You know, the Lord talks about leave an inheritance to your children's children. And a lot of times in today's society, especially in Western culture, we think of it as leaving monetary things, leaving a house on a thousand hills, uh, land on a thousand hills, and all, all that, etc. But the reality is, is what is a true inheritance? Is it simple faith to be obedient to the Lord? Is it having a fearful heart? to be obedient to the Lord and do what he's called us to do, to be like Abraham, go into uh, to a place not knowing, leaving a land, leaving your family, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do, but to know that you have your full faith and trust in the Lord to guide you through the process. And was he perfect? Absolutely not. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. That's why we have repentance. That's why they had sacrifices. That's why Christ died on the cro- cross for us. So we, we, we see here, and this is just, I'm, again, being brief, summarizing, but the reality of is that the Lord, even through all of this and their journeys and the magnificent things they did that were just the simple things of being obedient with where and what the Lord had called them to do, is we can be that hero. You know, again, I go back to the superhero analogies of it doesn't take someone who has these supernatural abilities to be a superhero or a hero. It's someone who just has the simple faith to stand up like a Bonhoeffer and say, this is crazy. The quote has been attributed to him. It's not 100% certain, but he, at the, it came about in the time of 1930s Germany with the disputes with the Nazis is that silence in the face of tyranny is tyranny itself. And we we see here the even the simple things that that Abraham did of just going leaving his family look at the the many things David did being out in the wilderness by himself the rocks and dealing with Goliath and so we we sit here and and we can have faith in knowing that as Hebrews 11:40 talks about is they would not be made perfect without us is we are called to carry on the journey that they were unable to finish because not that they couldn't do it, it's that they just they ran out of time. You know, there's there's a, um, there's always a statement that some coaches make in football. It's come out this year where you know we didn't lose, we just ran out of time, and that's that's the analogy that that has truly happened to some people, or even like Enoch just being taken is. Just He ran out of time. The Lord took him for whatever the purpose may be. And so we're here. We're called to continue to be ambassadors for Christ, to continue to leave inheritance to our children's children, and to carry on the faith of the journey that those before us have left us and given us the opportunity to interact in history, interact with the Lord, and have that voluntarily relationship, as we read about in Psalms 110 yesterday with Jesus, with with the Lord, to serve Him, and to bring about heaven into earth so that souls can be saved. And we, we want to continue on this journey of standing, providing a hope and a future for those here, for those we interact with, our families, cities, states, and nations as well. 
So with that, we want to dive into the news, and today we want to continue on the journey of staying up on the story of the Israel-Lebanese maritime permanent deal that is now coming about that was negotiated by the U.S. Not too much has happened. Um, it seemed that there's at least no reporting on the discussion of whether this is actually going to go to the Knesset or not. It was um, approved out of the quote-unquote cabinet, uh, lame duck cabinet within Israel to go forward with this because they look at this as there's nothing bad that could ever come out of this. This actually hurts Hezbollah. This does not help Hezbollah. This and And there is an idea that this helps Lebanon by getting them away from Iran, but there's an interesting factor today that we've come about um, as we're learning these things, studying these things. Yesterday we learned that both the Israeli government and the Lebanese government are both out of office. October 31st for the Lebanese president and then November 1st with the new elections in Israel. Quite interesting. Now, today, it has come about uh, being reported that from those who've particularly been involved militarily with um, determining the the disputed maritime buoy lines that are out there, that there's still no land deal and land border that has 100% been established between Israel and Lebanon. And so, if you don't have a land border, land mass, that is permanently determined, quote-unquote. How can you... The question is, is how can you have a maritime water permanent deal be made if the land deal hasn't been made? And one thing that's interesting is that the negotiator for the U.S. from the Biden administration is saying, well, even though they don't have this, we can still establish this. We can make this permanent, but we don't have to worry about this because at the end of the day, this helps everybody. This gets Lebanon to be able to be independent of Iran, and that seems like a benefit. But the reality is, is what happens, what's to say happens if Iran gets control of the country through tyranny starts funding money and being more focused on what's going on in Lebanon and telling Hezbollah to do certain things. Like, the realities of this thing just aren't playing out here. Everybody's just saying this is 100% true, um, blaming Netanyahu for why would he dare speak up and, and say something about this. Because the issue is, is even in, in part of this deal, the Lebanese president has come out and said that this still does not pave the way to normalize relations with Israel meaning that they're not going to recognize Israel with this. The Biden administration says that, well, because they're making this economic deal, that that means they're establishing relations with Israel and, and they're determining it. Does it? Even with the problematic Abraham Accords, that was part of the deal, that they would recognize Israel. Now, part of that deal was to divide the land of Israel, which that's the very problematic part of the Abraham Accords, but they even acknowledged Israel in that. And this deal does not do that. Very problematic. This will be a, if it goes, if it goes through and it stands up even after the next president in Lebanon and the next cabinet, the next government within Israel, 
it'll be the test of time to see how this actually plays out. And the question is for us in America is, do we have repercussions on our end? Is the Lord happy with this? Is the question we have to ask ourselves as Americans, is the Lord happy with us forcing Israel to give up not only uh, water rights, potentially security rights, even though they're saying people are saying, well, how dare anybody? This does not do that. With disputes in countries like this with Israel and Lebanon who have been at war and are still technically at war since 1948, It's kind of alarming to sit here and say, well, that doesn't matter. We don't live in a world where this stuff can happen. Is It's just because we say it's good, it's good. Economically, security, extra. And not dealing with the whole realm of factors that are involved, being Hezbollah, being involved in Lebanon. Being the fact that you don't have a permanent land border dealt with and established. And now you're saying, well, we can establish a permanent maritime deal. Um, quite naivete involved in this. And we just, we want to pray for this administration, repent for this deal uh, of trying, forcing Israel to just give up rights and, and the ability to secure its borders and forcing them to make a decision that, is not in their best interest and is very, very alarming to see coming from this administration. And who's to say now? The Lord doesn't say, okay, well, this happened. I'm going to make you give up something of yours or something else. Uh, quite alarming to see. We want to um, continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and not divide the land, um, which can be quite, quite, quite concerning. And something on the, the domestic front, local to me, is that yesterday there was a shooting in the East Raleigh area. And I'm near, quite near this area, very close. Um, I'm fine, but it, it it shows an interesting aspect of what's going on right now across the country is these continued, continued increases of violent acts and you have now the FDA talking about how there is a potential for a shortage of Adderall and then you have the influx of fentanyl and, and a host of other drugs coming across the border. It's a time to this is this is why we're here to pray and hopefully bring about a strength for the body of Christ to stand up and and be a hope and a light. You know, churches say it all the time, a, a light on a hill. And what better time for the church to stand up and be that light, to be that opportunity to bring not just the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of of faith, the gospel of a hope and an opportunity, uh, the gospel of looking at the future with optimism rather than uh, a negativity, and, and and we we see this play out. And and as far as the Adderall issue goes, is this one will be quite interesting to see? Is how far wide this actually affects? Um, seeing how the baby formula shortage affected people. 
uh, myself included. I mean, costs of those things doubled over the last four or five months. Um, so you were limited to certain types of baby formula, but then also with Adderall, some people can't function off without that stuff. That's going to be very problematic, and there's going to be an opportunity if you know people who have that. Let's say there is a shortage; they are. It is a a an addictive drug to say the least. Um, I had a college roommate who still to this day cannot function without it, and and even though he's tried and he's tried and he's tried, I mean he's a with it's just. Crazy stuff. It it's a massive drug that is is very hard to pull yourself away from, and it's going to be an opportunity for us to be able to stand up and be a light, to show them the simple aspects of faith, of just trusting the Lord to give the strength, endurance, focus um, throughout the day to be able to accomplish what the Lord says you can accomplish, and not get in this Western mindset of trying to accomplish a million things. And this 100x society where we have to do everything times multiple, uh, more than we, we, we can carry on at the end of the day. And so um, something interesting to, to pay attention to, be sober and aware of, and kind of how these acts of violence are rising up is it's an opportunity to be a light and a hope for these people who are out there. Um, and, and understanding that the battle is not in the flesh, but within the in our minds and in the spirit as well, paraphrasing Ephesians 6. So, with that all being said, some interesting news coming out of the January 6th committee yesterday is that they're obviously trying to pull people's attention away from the debates and advertisements and things going on within the campaign season right now. Um, Obviously, this is the last dying effort for um, Liz Cheney. But the reality is, is there's something interesting that happened that I think the January 6th committee doesn't realize would actually be a horrible thing for them in the fact that they subpoenaed Donald Trump and they think it's a good thing. But in reality is if I'm Trump and his lawyers, you're already being attacked discriminately for no apparent reason. Some people made a stupid decision to do something really stupid and... As, does that mean the January 6th committee is doing everything right? Absolutely not. Does it mean that those who are in jail are should be there that long? There's a dispute about that, but is look, they broke the law and they have to deal with the consequences. If God forbid something were to have happened, what would then the consequences be? And so there's a bunch of issues you I think it's too it's a it's a gray matter. But at the end of the day, is this focus on this January 6th stuff right before the campaign is really dumb because Americans and he, even the chairman, from Benny Thompson from um, Mississippi, says that we have nothing and we can do nothing. But yet they're still going to continue to go on with this. And I just, I point this out because the prophetic about things happening right now, not just specifically January 6th, but things happening right now will eventually turn back on the enemy. With the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. Is they're trying to attack President Trump, go after, and the idea is is if you paint President Trump as this horrible, evil person, that anybody who supports him is such and is like, and then you can deem them as terrorists, um, 
people who want to uphold the Constitution, uphold biblical moral values. If you can make that correlation there, then you can you know, get away with continued tyranny in the days ahead. That is a huge problem. And, and the reason I want to point this out is because we have a choice. Will we carry on the faith? In when it comes to these coming elections in the days ahead? Will we objectively look at the facts? Will we, um, even in the economic sense, uh, which kind of segues into the next story I want to talk about, of see that these decisions being made by current politicians are very problematic and are causing problems from day one and just because they want to go against what the orange man did. And so because Orange Band did this, we're going to do the exact opposite. And part of it is because the reason Trump did certain things was because he knew that that ideology wasn't beneficial for not only Americans, but people around the world. And it's coming out that the Fed, and, and I want to talk about this because this is the reality of the situation, is the Fed in their FOMC minutes pointed out that they think they think that they will eventually be able to slow the pace of interest rates increases as they deal with things um, coming out of their minutes from the September meeting, which were released yesterday. But there's the reality that, number one, they're taking a hardline stance of bringing inflation down to 2 per, two and a half, two percent 2%, even if they wanted 3%. They're going to have to continue to raise interest rates, and they're saying that they want to slow that down. The reality is, is they're behind, number one, and number two, they have to increase and ramp it up a lot faster than they realize. And in order to bring inflation down, you have to get interest rates higher than inflation. And again, I go back to the prophetic on this of about two years ago where we had that said cash would be king. And if right now you're in an environment where interest rates are increasing, borrowing money is not optimal. And and it also, when interest rates are low and it's easy to, to borrow money, going back to the revelations idea where people think they're rich, but in really they're, they're wacky, rich wretched and poor is people think that because they were able to borrow this money and not be patient and be wise in their investing that even okay we i could lose money here but i can make money over here that in reality is it's going to be those who are going to be able to handle the risk of actually losing their own money not just other people's money in dealing with these things in the days ahead and that if you can operate in that environment you'll do well in the season ahead, but that in reality is that cash will be king. Credit card debts are increasing because people don't know how to manage themselves. They, they've they bought into this idea of this consumeristic ideology to where they can just spend how, whatever they want, that there's no reason to, to pull back, to be responsible, to be adults, um, to live within their means, um, to live within their budgets, etc. And we've been warning people to get out of debts for quite some time, to be ready for this season. And so I want to point out that if you're looking at borrowing money, it's only going to get harder in the days ahead, but also that, again, cash will be king. So if you can live within your means, you can save money. You, the, the prophetic we have is that uh, things will be pennies on the dollar because if you can have the cash 
save up now for the days ahead. And that's what Warren Buffett's doing. He has there are, there are tons of company, tons of investors who are sitting there have been waiting for this day. Other people are making this quote unquote money, but in reality is these people are just slowly just attaining a little bit by little by little waiting for this opportunity because it can only usually only comes around every 20, 30, maybe 40 years, once in a lifetime where if we go down the road and something doesn't change completely then we're going to be in a place where like the great depression where people who had you know these fancy cars, fancy clothes, these quote unquote high paying jobs but because of their irresponsibility they needed to make more money, they were leasing their cars, leasing their home, leasing their their clothes. Um, I'm being hypothetical, but in some cases that that can happen. But in as far as cars and stuff, they'd have to sell their uh, a fancy car, something that's worth reality what they bought it at three times more than what it was worth. They they'd sell it just to be able to get out of the debt that they're in. You're seeing that right now with cars right now. And just to say, be prepared, be wise in this season, because there's going to be a day where if you were wise in this season. God, this you know, this generational wealth transfer. There's a possibility of it coming, but you still have to be wise in and out of season uh, that it comes about. So, with that, we want to stay aware and sober about what's going on. And then the last couple things I think are good and some victories. I think we need to realize the blessings of the last season of coming out of COVID and, and parents realizing in that in Virginia, you have a delegate um, who wants to bring about a bill to criminally prosecute parents who don't affirm their kid, their child as transgender, want to take them away from the parents and put them into homes where people will just affirm them. And if they, you don't give them jail time for not having... Um, just the audacity to just, yes, we can chop off uh, your God-given body parts. Um, very problematic in the sense that that is even being introduced. Most likely will not pass, but I say this story, and I want to leave it up while I talk about this, is because Christian, atheist, Republican, Democrat alike in Virginia stood up and said no to the craziness that is out there that was going on in Virginia. And because of COVID, because it all came to light, again, what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good. And that situation is it's bringing about the opportunity to know that this type of stuff, whether parents realize it or not, is happening all throughout the country. And right now with this transgender LGBTQ ideology type stuff being heavily pushed right now, this type of stuff is in the pipeline to come forward, whether you vote for the right person moving forward or not. And if you don't invite, vote for someone who's going to stand up for freedoms, Republican, Democrat alike, then this type of ideology will be able to establish itself and take a hold in the season ahead. And it's a warning for parents to realize what is, is coming forward. And it's a benefit and a victory to know that because the people in Virginia, and it can give a hope to when you elect the person or people, in this case, mass of people within the state of Virginia who will stand up for freedoms, 
And they're, the people they elected were middle-of-the-road Republicans. There could be middle-of-the-road Democrats, as Tulsi Gabbard showed, who have some sensibility to stand up against this stuff. And so this is a major victory for those in Virginia and kind of a pat on their back for being obedient and having the fear of the Lord in the season ahead to standing up for biblical gender lines and biology and science uh, that is shocking to some people and um, something to really for parents to pay attention to in the days ahead and something to pray for that parents have the strength and the fear of the Lord to vote for constituents on school boards, city council, mayoral offices, races in the season ahead who will stand up against this stuff. Um, And then one of the last few things we see, there was the, and has been for quite some time, the prophetic around possible of secession from certain states. There's been very few people who have come out and said what states they'll actually be. Most Americans think it's Texas because of how their constitution is written. But now there's news coming out, and this is talked about a couple times before, how Idaho wants to secede, or portions of Oregon, excuse me, want to secede from Oregon and join Idaho, uh, which is quite interesting. There's also, Chris Reed has a prophetic word that the, the West will shock us in the days ahead. And so something that to be interesting about and be aware about as we follow this prophetic and follow these stories together in conjunction to see what happens here in America. And so uh, they say that by 2024, you could have a border moved um, that people within Oregon who are conservative uh, push us to seed and, and the joint at the adjacent conservative state of Idaho is heating up. And so, so nine counties in Eastern Oregon have already indicated that they would support the redrawing of Oregon's borders. Uh, two more counties have Im- impending votes urging legislators to support such a move that's quite interesting i mean the reality is is look why would you you move why wouldn't you just fight to take back your your state and deal with that and so i want to end on these notes of things you know in the past have seemed stale but things are, are starting to heat up and they're getting uh spicy and a lot of flavor in the world right now and sometimes you have to be tapped in to what's going on And again, I go back to the question of will we carry on where the heroes of the faith left off? Will we carry on and and step in so that they can have the full promises that the Lord has positioned them for? Because without Abraham's descendants being fruitful and multiplying, the promise that the Lord has doesn't come to fruition. And so we... He, as Hebrews eleven forty talks about, are here and called to perfect their faith as we continue to be heroes in our own right of being faithful and obedient and fearful to the Lord to what he has called us here, continuing on the journey of the fathers of the faith and mothers of the faith of the past for such a time as this, so that souls can be saved Hearts can be changed and people can come into a divine relationship, a supernatural relationship with the Lord to be able to be those who have a fear and reverence 
for the Lord now and in the days ahead. So blessings to each and every one of you. Hopefully you guys have a great weekend. Able to spend time with friends and family. And we'll be back Monday morning continuing to stand on the wall and praying for the office of the president. Blessings, and I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.